Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because He loves you so much. All right, so excited for what's coming up. So Serve the City, if you haven't registered for your work project, I want to encourage you to do that early or quickly because they are filling up. And uh, I love that weekend. And it's not just because it's a weekend where I don't have to preach. It's a weekend because we go out in power. We uh, act as the church, serve this church. It's a really important week for us. So I want to encourage you to be part of Serve the City. And uh, don't miss your chance to get into the project that you want to do. So yes, this uh, new series, Each One Reach One, I'm really very excited about it uh, because I think that this is a, a series here that has the potential to change this city literally to change our community if each of us will engage the Great Commission if each of us will step into this uh, let's just say that each of us just reaches one person in this next year that's 1300 people in our season or in our city at least Uh, that are going to be changed and transformed and are going to come to Jesus. That's one twentieth of the population. And that's going to change things. Jesus only needed 12 to change the world. And so I really want to encourage you to engage this series. I'm super excited about it. And I was kind of putting in my face this uh, uh, little vacation Gina and I went on, uh, how important it is to be reminded of how urgent this is. And I just kind of, I guess we just, Gina and I forgot, we just missed it. So uh, we had a chance, an opportunity uh, to engage the Great Commission and we flubbed it. We were um, actually uh, about to do some zip lining. It was really cool. You go over this waterfall and there's this big old zip line. She's on one side and I'm on another one. And then this young girl, she's maybe, I don't know, 19 years old. And she's, uh, she's hooking us up and, and she says, finds out it was our anniversary. We were there celebrating our 30th. She says, wow, 30 years. And she says, now how is it that you stay married for 30 years? And we both knew the answer. The answer came to both of our minds. I mean, right at the tip of my tongue was Jesus. And for her, it was Jesus. And so I don't know what it was. I don't know why this 19-year-old girl is so intimidating to us. I don't know if that, you know, because it just was, seems like she didn't want to know about it or that she was just kind of cool and like this climbing girl or what. But, but Gina looks at her and she says, adventure. <laughs> and then, then I, I, you know, and so like here I am the pastor and I said, uh, having fun together. And so, and we look at, then we get on the zip line, she sends us and we're looking at each other as we're going down the zip line like, what is wrong with us? You know, I mean, come on. She's a 19-year-old girl, and we're scared to death to tell her to say the word Jesus. And who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe that would have been, and I know, like, I don't think she would have repented and fallen to the knees like, 30 years, Jesus, okay. No, I, you know, I, I don't think that would have happened. But it could have been. What if that was the moment, you know, where she's like, Jesus? And then what if grandma, her grandma would have like told her about Jesus? And what if some friends would have told her? I mean, maybe we were one of the angles. Adventure, having fun. Oh. And it just reminded me, we, we got to get back on track. We, we got to stay on mission with the Great Commission. And we missed it. And I want to bring it to you. And I just want to put it in your face. 
and remind you of this amazing mission that Jesus has brought on. And it just we just don't want to miss it. Because when we get off mission, that's when we start doing all sorts of ridiculous things. I have a friend who was a children's director in uh, Fort Collins. And he was telling me, he said, you know, our, our church is, it might split. Our church is having this huge fight because we can't decide if we're going to use our money and our property to build a cemetery or a children's playground. It's like, you got to get on mission here. Tom Rainier has this website, it's called Church Answers. And he went out and he asked people, what are some of the things, some of the conflicts that you've had in your church? And he reports that there was one church that said that they were struggling. They had this uh, monthly gathering and they couldn't agree if they were going to call it a pot luck or a pot blessing. Because you can't say luck, I guess, if you're a Christian, right? There's another one. They were fighting over their pot, pot luck. They were fighting over, uh, is it allowed, are we allowed to have deviled eggs at our pot luck? And, you know, I think it's okay as long as you have angel food cake. You should be, you, know, you put those two things there, you're going to be all right, right? And this is an example of what happens when we get off mission, when we lose the point. You know, the best way to stay out of trouble is to stay on mission. Now, I'm a Nuggets fan. I watch the Nuggets. I've been watching the Nuggets. If any of you know Dan Issel, that's how long I've been, you're old if you know that name. That's how long I've been watching the, the Nuggets, right? And Nikola Jokic, did you see him? It was in the third game. So both he and Jamal Murray, both for the Nuggets, uh, they each had a triple-double with 30 points. And it's the first time that any single person has ever done it in a playoff game. And so uh, the both, both of them uh, did it, though, on one game. It was amazing. And so the reporter from ESPN, she comes up, and she says, what does it mean to you that you got this triple-double with 30 points You're the first one ever? And he says, not much. He's a classy guy, by the way. I really like him. He says, not much. He says, I'm just glad we won. I'm just glad the team came together and that I was able to contribute to what the team did. I mean, see, that's a guy on mission. It's a guy who's staying focused. And it's a powerful uniting force at our church when we're on mission. See, we have a culture right now at our, at our staff where you're allowed to fail as long as you're trying. Go for it. It's all right. Now, if you work for the government, then you have to have every single thing done correctly according to procedure. But listen, if you work for Jesus, you do it by faith. You go, and sometimes you fail, and sometimes you fall, but we're going after the mission. And I just want to remind you of the great commission that Jesus gives us. I know some of you, many of you know it by heart, but I'm going to bring it here because I just want it, I, I want it right here in front of me. So the next time I run into a 19-year-old girl, I don't say something so stupid like, having fun together. <laughs> Okay, look at verse 18 of 28. Then Jesus came to them, and catch this, this is important. All, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So this is where we start. And then he says, therefore. Okay, since we know that Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth, what are we supposed to do about it? Jesus says, okay, since I've got all that, here I am. So now you can go. Because I have everything you need. I have all authority on heaven and earth. So you can go. Your message has my backing and authority. Your work has my backing and authority. The things that you do are backed by my authority. And I have all authority. So go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And let me remind you when you go. 
Don't forget when you're out there that surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He says, go. So listen, to be Great Commission people, it takes movement. It takes effort. We have to decide that we are going to be part of it. And what are we doing? We're making disciples. It's this whole process. And it starts with reaching, with telling them the good news, bringing people to Jesus, and then encouraging them to get discipled. And then we disciple them. We teach them everything we know, everything that God has shown us. And we pour into their lives, and we see the transformation come. I want to show you why this is so important, how God is just moving at different angles. We've got a, a few testimonies we're going to show this weekend. And here's the first one. And look at how God is just moving in different ways to bring Jeff to him. Go ahead and show this, please. This is my story. And actually, as a, as a young child, I had a great family, a religious family. I knew the Lord, but lost my way as a, as a young adult. I worked constantly for the love of money. And things in my, my family life, my personal life fell apart because I was so focused on the wrong thing. Later in life, um, I uh, met a couple out in uh, Hobbs, New Mexico, a place in the middle of nowhere. And this couple, Shane and Julie Good, um, had built a bus for their family to live in. They traveled around the country to evangelize. And it was like the hand of the Lord reaching out to just grab me when I met them. Um, I actually spent a couple of weeks with the family. And since then, I've, 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 I've been in contact with them. I've met them several times. And they were the ones that got me started back towards the Lord. Um, Fast forward to 2020, right before COVID, because of the Lord, I ended up out here in Montrose. And through other actions from the Lord, um, some might call it coincidental, it wasn't, it was the Lord working directly with me. I ended up here at Grace Community. I'm part of Bible study now. I'm part of a prayer group. I've met some fantastic men who have really, really helped me complete my journey back to the Lord. I've met Harvey, I've met Kelly, I've met David. These people are so important to me today. And I thank the Lord for everything that has happened to me up to this point. I mean, I love that. Isn't that good? How God, he just comes on and you see, he's working on people's hearts. He's arranging circumstances. That's why prayer, by the way, is so important to what we're doing. And, and, and then he brings you to say this, and you know the bus people do this, and then, then this guy comes and helps here and moves it forward. And, and see here, you and I, we're all just a different angle that God is taking on people's hearts. Just another tool that he's using to make the difference. And I want to show you why this is so incredibly urgent that we all jump in to the Great Commission. And we, we see here in Matthew 25, verse 31. If you have your Bible, open it up to Matthew 25, verse 31. And it's talking about the very end of time. And this is what it's going to look like. This is what's going to happen according to Jesus. And he says in verse 31, when the Son of Man, that's Jesus, when Jesus comes in his glory, all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. And then all the nations, so everyone will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. 
Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And the righteous will answer him, Lord, when? When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothing and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And they also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He'll reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. There is too much at stake for me to not tell the 19-year-old girl, Jesus. There's too much at stake for us not to engage the Great Commission and listen, I don't often preach on hell, but listen, it is a reality that we have to confront. And no one talked about hell as much as Jesus did. And so if you're going to accept his salvation, if you're going to accept his words, you can't just say, well, that's not part of it. And people ask me, Carl, do you believe in hell? And I say, oh, yeah, I see evidence of it all the time. I want to show you another testimony from a person who has been delivered from hell on earth. Let's go ahead and show that. The 60s rolled around and the hippie movement happened and I kind of got caught up in, in the uh, use of uh, substances and, and drinking and partying and all the stuff that went along with that hippie movement. But um, I, when I, I got caught up in, in the whole thing for a lot of years. Um, about a month and a couple of days prior to my 50th birthday, I uh, found out that uh, no matter how hard I tried to quit, I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. And so I went in my room that morning, uh, it was January 30th, 2004, and I got on my knees and I cried out to the Lord, told him that I wanted to quit and I couldn't. And if he wanted to see me sober, he's going to have to help me. And I felt something wash over me that right then and there. I felt it happen. And uh, he took away that thing that that, uh, that caused me to drink, that caused me to think that it was okay that I drank. And uh, I haven't had a drink since. And the Lord is good and he treats me real good. And I have to dedicate myself back to him for all he's done for me. I love the Lord and I love you guys here at isn't that good? Yeah. You know, and Gary, he, he reminds us that, that many people are going through hell on earth. And see, that's what God does is he comes and he interrupts it and he sends, sets people free. And hell simply, hell is just a continuation of what we've chosen as we're living here. C.S. Lewis, he, it's, it's separation from God. C.S. Lewis says there are two kinds of people. There are people who say to God, thy will be done. 
And then there, there are those who God says to them, thy will be done. See, see, no one's in hell except those who choose it. That's what C.S. Lewis says. And it's separation from God. And you have to understand, that is where we remain. That is where we're at. That is our natural circumstance, that we are separated from God because of our sin. And yes, hell is locked, but you have to understand that the key, as C.S. Lewis says, the key is on the inside. And everyone is invited into heaven. You want to talk about, people say that the gospel is exclusive. It's the most inclusive thing in the world, that anyone and everyone can come to Christ, that it is open to everyone. And I want you to understand that if you struggle with this idea, and I, it's not an easy doctrine, but listen, if you struggle with it, I want you to understand that you can be certain that God is more just, He is more good, He is more fair, He is more gracious, He is more loving, He is more kind, He is more right than you can ever possibly hope to be. And see, if there's something in His Word that I don't like, there's one of three things happening. The first is I just don't understand it correctly. That's possible. That happens sometimes. The second is I don't understand the big picture. I don't see how it all comes together. But here's the third, and I think this is where many of us are on this doctrine, is I'm wrong. And God's right. And just because I don't like it, just because it doesn't seem like the way it should be to me, see, I have to understand that God knows and I don't. And it's a good reminder for all of us, listen, we have to understand that our job is the invitation. Our job is the instruction. It's their job to decide or to reject, right? But I want to give as many people as I possibly can, as many chances as they can possibly have. I just want to keep bringing the gospel forward and bringing the gospel forward and give them a chance to find that eternal life. Verse 35 and verse 36 of, of that passage, you, you see him say, well, when, Jesus? When did, we, when did we visit you? When did we feed you? When did we clothe you? We, I don't remember doing that. And I want you to understand that, that, that those good works, that's not the cause of their salvation. It is the result of their salvation. Because he takes the people at the beginning and he says, okay, now you who are blessed by my Father, those who are mine, those who have come into Christ, who've come to me through Jesus, because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you've come, the result then is all your works are holy. All your works are precious. Then now, he's saying, now because you are in me, everything you did mattered. If it was just a cold cup of water, like Matthew 10, 42 says, I'm going to give you a reward for all that. And when did we do it? How did we do it? When you became my child. When you became mine. And then if you look at verse 44 and 45, the people who are, who are not blessed by my Father, those who have not come into Jesus, they say, well, well, when? We were doing nice things all the time. Well, when, when did we not reach you? When did we not clothe you? When did we not feed you? And, and see, what Jesus is telling him them is all the good stuff that you've done, all the works, no matter how good you've been, it is not going to get you to God. There's one way, and it's through Jesus. And without Jesus, Paul tells us, all your works, all your righteousness is just like filthy rags. And people here on the side who are not in Jesus will look over there and they're like, hey, we were a lot better than those people. And there's going to be people over on this side who are in Jesus and say, hey, they were a lot better than I was. And it's not going to matter unless you came into Christ. And in Christ then all your works are holy. 
But there's no holiness outside of him. Within Jesus, the smallest act of kindness is a beautiful thing. And I want to show you a testimony now of a man who finally understood that it's grace and not works. Go ahead and show that, please. When I reached a point in my life where I had had quite a bit of failure and was sitting there going, how can anybody love me? Because under quid quo pro, you earn your love. And I had not earned it because of my failures. And I was contemplating was the purpose of continuing to live. And, um, but I knew that I loved my children. I knew I loved my children. And he is called our father. So I said, okay, if I love my children this much, maybe there's some of the father's love for me. So I went to and read my Bible and read the story of Nicodemus. When Nicodemus comes and says, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus responds, says, nothing, just accept it. Um, and then later on in life, um, my marriage fell apart. And uh, that was a big thing because even though I had began to understand what true love was without the quid pro pro, my wife was the God on my throne. Um, I looked to her to fill the void that was meant for God to fill. And once she was off the throne of my life, God was able to step in. And he simply asked me, are you done? And what that meant was, are you done trying to earn it? Are you done trying to fill it with other things? Are you done? Are you done? And I simply said, I'm done. I'm done trying. I want this Lord free. And I got baptized here at Grace. Um, and I've been walking in such confidence and peace without anxiety and depression, worrying about whether I've earned this love because I just accepted it. I gave up trying. And, and God was there with his free gift of love and salvation. Oh, so good. See, that's the point that God is bringing all of us to. That's the point where so many of us have come to where it's like, God, okay, done. I can't do it. I can't be good enough. I understand. Jesus, I need you. You are the way. And see, there's three reasons why this is just so urgent, why this is so important that we stay on mission with the Great Commission. And the first is, listen, time is short. Jesus is coming back. I believe he's coming back soon. And then you know what? Even if he's not, even if he tarries for a little while, I know my time is short. I don't have a lot of time left here. That 19-year-old girl on the zip line, I don't know how much time she's got left. Her time is short, and I don't want to miss my opportunity with anyone. I don't want to miss the chance. See, time has been short for all of us for a while now because he's coming back, and we need to move, and we need to move now. We don't know what chances they have. We don't know how many opportunities are going to come. You know, there's a man um, I was working in a nursing home. This, I, I just uh, was reminded of this, I think, by the Spirit. Uh, and when I was working as a CNA, went into this man's uh, room, and I shared the gospel with him. And uh, I, I said to him, uh, I said, do you, do, you want to, uh, do you want to give your life to Jesus right now? And he says, no, I, I don't want to do it right now. I, I just want to wait. Came back the next day, he was dead. And I gave a chance. I gave him a chance. But we don't know. Time is short. Here's the second reason. The bad, it's so bad. 1 John 1.5 says that in him, in God, there is no darkness. But I want you to understand, without God, there is no light. And if you think about the worst you, 
And then think about just kind of being handed over to the worst you with no hope for change, no hope for good, that you just kind of continue on into your sin for eternity. Listen, I don't like to think about it. I don't like to talk about it. But isn't that true for every difficult thing that we need to face here? I mean, that's why we do background checks in our children's ministry. That's why we have safety procedures. That's why we have a security team here. As you look at the difficult things, you know, so social security right now, social security is going to be running out. That's what they tell me, right? And I don't like to think about that. That's not a happy thing. But don't you think I should prepare for it? Right? And so we have to look at the realities. And some realities we don't like, but let's be ready. And this is the reality. And I want you to understand that God is not scaring us. He is sharing the truth with us for his grace that this is the natural state of where we are apart from God. And I know many of us are like, well, why can't God just let it go? Why can't, what what about, why do you even have to do the cross? Why can't he just forgive us? And here's the answer, because he is just. Imagine someone takes their car and they plow it into your house. Okay, now can you forgive them? Sure. But guess what? Someone still needs to pay for the house. Someone still needs to fix it. And God forgives us, but it still has to be dealt with. And see, there's things that have been done to you that aren't okay, and it's not okay with God. And there's things that we have done that are not okay, and they need to be fixed. And there's only one way to fix it, and that is the cross of Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand that God does not send people to hell. That's where everyone is heading. He rescues people to heaven. That's his work. We are separate from God because of sin, and he has this amazing rescue mission where he's like, come on, come back to me, return to me, be with me, find life in me, this is what I have for you. And isn't it amazing that you and I, that he put it in our hands here in the Great Commission, that we are the messengers of this great rescue mission? And here's the third reason why this is so urgent, and that is simply that the good is so, so good. I want to show you a testimony from another person here who saw the goodness of God in his time of need. Let's go ahead and show that. Hello, my name is Jed Kovac. I first encountered Christ in 1976 when I was 20 years old and attending the University of Delaware. One night I came back to my dorm room after doing some drugs. As I lay in my bed, my heart began to pound very fiercely. I became afraid that I was going to die and could actually feel myself starting to slip out of my body. Thankfully, my parents, who had found Christ in the charismatic renewal in the Catholic Church, had been sharing their faith with me. So at this, my point of desperation, I cried out to God. I said, I know I'm not living the way you want me to live. I'm afraid and I need your help. Please save me. Immediately, I heard this voice say to me, Jed, I love you with a love you never understand. When God spoke those words to me, it was like the ceiling opened up and the strong, powerful beam of light came down and struck me right in my chest. It shook my body and I could feel this power surging through my body. I raised my arms and I could feel that power racing down through my body. Shortly thereafter, I slumped back in my bed. And as I lay there, the shaking subsided. All the effects of those drugs were driven entirely out of my body. And I experienced the greatest peace I'd ever experienced. 
Later, I accepted Christ and I was filled with the Holy Spirit at a Catholic charismatic prayer meeting. God is so good. He's so good. He brings such peace and such life and such freedom. And one of the reasons that this is urgent is we just got to let people know how good God is. How for you he is, how loving he is. You know, know, people every once in a while just say, well, I I just can't believe in a God who who would have a hell. And I guess my question is, well, how come you could believe in a God who would have a heaven? I mean, heaven is incredibly unfair. We'll take heaven though, right? But heaven doesn't make any sense. I mean, when we come to Jesus, we say yes to Jesus, we say okay, and because of that, we get to be sinless. Because of that, we get to actually share in God's authority and his reign, and our bodies are transformed, and we rule with him, and we get rewards. I mean, what's fair about that? And here's simply the answer, that heaven is with God, and hell is without God. And we decide now which one we want. And there's nothing, there's nothing better than God. There is nothing more beautiful than God. There is nothing more right. There is nothing more pure, more true, more lovely. There is nothing more holy. There is nothing more kind. There is nothing more wise. There is nothing more fulfilling. There is nothing more pure. There is nothing that, that is what you want like God. Then Jesus is the way to God. And this is why it's so urgent. I mean, even if, I didn't even if there was no hell, I still would want as many people to know God as they possibly can because he's just so good. And I want you to have his freedom now. And I want your heaven to start now. And so you can walk with him right now. I want everyone to know how good he is. And I want him to have all the glory that he deserves. Because he is just so incredible. And if you hate God or you resist God or you deny God or you reject God, I just want to tell you, then you haven't met God. Because if you meet him, it's just like there's nothing better. There's no one better. You simply just don't know him. And I want you to know, I want everyone to know his forgiveness, peace like Jed was talking about, joy, his presence, that we can walk with him, we can talk with him every single day, that we can know that he is life. What a beautiful thing. I want to show you another testimony of someone now, and and just look at how God is helping her and moving her forward every day. Go ahead and play that, please. Hi, my name is Hannah Solzen, and this is my testimony. I grew up here in Montrose, Colorado, and I grew up going to church with my family. It's just something I did every weekend, and I grew up going to like private school that we learned about God in school. And it was always a passion of mine, um, knowing God and loving Him. And it wasn't until I was about seven years old when one night uh, I was praying and I was like, God, show me you. And he came to me in a dream and I just remember it so vividly, this light, and he was talking to me. He was telling me to get baptized and to grow my faith more. So I got baptized when I was seven years old and that's when we really met and it was really cool and he gave to me these visions all the time after that. He gave me visions of us on the beach and he always talked to me through visions and it was one of the coolest things ever. I just love how when we come to Jesus, then he just keeps talking to us and he keeps leading us and he keeps giving us what we need because he's just so good. You know, if God has asked you to do this great commission, if he has called you to the great commission, which I'm certain I'm certainly has, then listen, we can be certain of two things. The first thing is you're going to actually have some opportunities to fulfill it, right? If he's called you to this mission, then there's going to be some work to do. It's like when Eric was called to be our worship pastor. He, it's not like he just gets to sit around and watch people worship, right? He's called to lead us in worship. He's doing a great job. 
Right? When we call a youth pastor, they're called to actually do some work with some youth. You're called to the Great Commission. So you're going to have some opportunities to lead people to Jesus. You can be sure of that. He's going to bring you a lot of opportunities. And here's the second thing. If he has called you to it, then he is going to give you what you need to accomplish it. He's going to give you the words. He's going to give you the prayers. He's going to give you the thoughts. He's going to give you the strategies. And listen, whatever excuse we use for not doing that, we have to come to terms. It's just an excuse. All authority has been given to him. And then it's been given to you. And he is always going to be with you that you can fulfill this great commission. And I want you to understand that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And the common thing that I've heard from people who say, I'm a great commissioned person. Uh, the thing that I hear from people who say, I want to lead people to Jesus. Do you know what I hear from them? From people who give their lives to it? They're leading people to Jesus. You know, Yeejis uh, was just up here talking about how he's leading, he wants to lead Chinese people to Jesus. And guess what he's been doing? Leading Chinese people to Jesus. And now he's sending them back to China to lead more people to Jesus. Our youth ministry, they, they went to camp. And you know what they tell me when they go to camp? They bring those kids to camp and kids come to Jesus. If you'll engage the harvest, you are going to see a harvest. God is going to give you what you need. So what do we do? Well, there's three things, three strategies I'm going to give you. We're going to talk about this a little bit more. And we, we say it's prayer, care, share. There's three things that you can do with every single person you know. You can pray for them. And listen, that is the most important thing that you can do. It is the most powerful thing. It's not just prayer. That's the place where we start. That's where it happens because you know what? God is arranging these circumstances. And your best word is nothing compared to your best prayer. So we start with prayer. And then another thing you can do is you can just care. Show them kindness. It's kindness that leads us to repentance. Show them, be, show that God is love. And then yes, listen, we need to share. We need to open our mouths and speak the gospel. And we don't say adventure, we say Jesus. We tell them the truth. Time is too short to mess around with this anymore. So we've got these little uh, prayer guides, those little bookmarks. I gave every single one of you there. We, we created that. Now I want to ask you to bring that out right now. Now on the front side, we're going to start. We're actually going to engage evangelism right now. Okay, and so on the front side, you're going to need a Sharpie to write their name. But if there's one person that you can reach, one person that God is calling in. And so when you get a Sharpie, write their name right there. Who's the one? I'm going to pray for you in a minute. And then we're actually going to pray through. Now if you look on the back side, you'll see that there's 21 days of prayer. And uh, there's a Bible verse, and I want to ask you to pray that Bible verse over that person. Insert their name into that. And then there's a little explanation of how you can pray a guide. And you'll see the first one that says, draw them. There's a woman who works in children's ministry. And she, she said, Carl, do I really have to draw a picture of the person? I, and I was like, no, no. You're, you spend too much time in children's ministry. Draw them. You're praying that God will draw them. Okay. That really happened just a little while ago. Okay, so we're going to pray for them, and we're going to pray that God, and then this is 21 different uh, prayers. And so Gina and I right now, we're praying for, for a person right now, and we're in day 15. And I want to tell you that we have seen God move tremendously. I mean, it is insane what God is doing in this person's life. We, we've gotten calls 
like from this person over and over again, like this happened and then this happened. There's good things and bad things that are happening. And I had the chance just the other day to say, cry out to Jesus, cry out to God. This is what's going on, cry out to him. And I'm seeing God working in powerful, powerful ways. And I want to tell you that this is the battle. This is the fight. This is the most important thing that you can do in evangelism right now is just to to jump into this process and to pray for this person. These are powerful prayers because they're based in his word, okay? So we're going to do this right now. And I'm going to ask God to bring one person to your mind. Okay, if you don't know, some of you knew before when you just first looked at the card. All right, but I'm just going to ask. So Holy Spirit, would you please show every single one of us the one person we're supposed to pray for for the next 21 days. Lord, would you bring their face or their name or just whatever, just bring them to our minds right now. Show us, Lord. Some of you got more than one. Thank you, God. Now, that person, let's just do that. And I know maybe some of you, you don't, some of you got a a name before I even got done praying there, But, but others that you don't have yet, God will show you. Just keep asking. He'll show you who to pray for here. And now we're going to pray for that person right now. Let's just start. Right now, we're starting day one. We're going to start our evangelism process. We're going to engage the Great Commission right now. You get to fulfill this. You get to be Great Commission people right now. Here we go. All right? So let's pray. Let's pray for that person, for this person. Lord God, this person cannot come to you unless the Father who sent you draws this person. And Jesus, you will raise this person up at the last day. So Lord God, we ask that you would draw this person to you. We ask that your Holy Spirit would begin to work in their lives. Lord, we just declare today is the day of the beginning of their salvation. Today is the day where the battle begins. Today is the day where they are marked for eternity. We declare that this person is a child of God. We declare that this person is part of the kingdom. We declare that this person will move into your light. And God, that you have chosen them and that your light is on them. And God, we just pray that you would draw them to you. We pray that you would give us your words. Lord, we pray that you would give us your prayers. We pray, Father, that you would set up circumstances all over their life that are just undeniable and that you would work from every angle, God, and you would give them every single chance again and again to come to know you. And we pray, Lord, that they will come to know you. And we say, Lord, we are available right now. Use us, God, however you want to use us. Now, if you just keep your your heads bowed for just a minute, I just have to make sure if if there's anyone here who hasn't given their life to Jesus and you want to give your life to Jesus right now, everyone's just looking down. Why don't you raise your hand up right now? Just look at me and put your hand up. There's one right here. Praise God. There's a couple up here. Any more? Thank you. You want to give your life to Jesus to know that you're his. There's one there in the back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. There's another one back there. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so now what we're going to do is just if you have your hand raised, we're just going to pray right now. Just pray this prayer with me. Just say, Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, that I'm apart from you. And I turn, I repent from my sin, and I turn towards you. And I give my life to you, Jesus. And I ask that you come into my heart and I will follow you for the rest of my life. I want to know you. I want to walk with you, be changed by you. 
And Holy Spirit, I thank you that those who pray that prayer now, they've made a step, that they are now in the kingdom, that they are now your children. They have chosen you. And Lord, I pray that you would bring them into discipleship. You bring them into growth. Lord, that you would help them to continue to go forward. You would fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Give them all the grace they need to walk this commandment. Protect it, Lord. Grow it in Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I'd love to talk with you. We have uh, some resources right there on the window that I'd love to give you. But I want to encourage you, one of the most important things, if you gave your life to Jesus, is just to keep connecting with the people of God. You are welcome in this church. We'd love to, to disciple you and love you and help you move forward. But if it's not this church, please find a church to keep moving forward in this walk of what God wants to do. And I want to encourage you that if you prayed that prayer, that your sins are forgiven. That you are His. But if you feel like it or not, you belong to Him now. And so continue to walk in Him. Can Continue to pursue Him and watch Him transform your life. Lord, we just give you glory for those who have come to you. We give you glory, Lord, for, for how you just keep opening the door to everyone. Thank you, Lord, that there is no fear of hell for us. Lord, just the promise, great anticipation for eternal life. And Lord, I ask that you would use us, God. We say yes to you, God, that you would use us to bring other people to this great gift that you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in him. God bless you.